0: This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief for NEGM Catalyst, and we're talking today with Garth Graham, who is an internist and cardiologist and who leads public information-related topics at YouTube, and we'll let him describe his job shortly. The reason that we're, we're, we're having this conversation is that medical information has become a major, major issue. I think every clinician Uh, has a visceral feel for it at this point. It's got major public health consequences and has risen to the level of not just being an aggravating uh, aspect of interactions between doctors and patients, but uh, it has huge public policy implications. And Garth, who I met through other connections, uh, is someone who's actually working on the problem and I thought that our readers and listeners would enjoy hearing about it today. Uh, so let me start by saying, Garth, when you first crossed my radar screen, when I first started hearing your name was when you were uh, an internal medicine resident across town at Mass General <laughs> Hospital, how did you go from, uh, you know, from that and training in cardiology at Hopkins to YouTube? You tell us a little bit about your path, but, uh, but then most importantly, what's your current work? Yeah. Thanks, Tom. And I mean, it's just such
1: an honor to be talking with you as someone who uh, myself and I think a lot of my colleagues have looked up to the work you and others have done for a long time. So yes, he's mentioned I'm cardiologist by training and have always been fascinated by this intersection of public policy, public health, and clinical medicine. I, I still practice um, cardiology. And um, earlier on, um, you know, I was in the, uh, in the leadership role in public health in um, the Department of Health and Human Services. I was a Deputy Assistant Secretary there. I worked a lot on health disparities and minority health and got interested in this concept around determinants of health. And throughout my career, I've um, always been really interested in the kinds of things that impact health outcomes. And that's what really led me to my role at Google, um, which was really um, looking at how information, and particularly um, good information or in cases um, uh, potentially bad information, um, can you know impact health outcomes. And What are the ways in which um, we can use information to empower people to make better, healthier decisions? So that led me to Google and my current role, as you mentioned before, driving what we're doing with health on YouTube. And in particular, Tom, noticing that, you know, platforms like ours and others are already a part of patients' journeys. You know, people go to YouTube, um, they go to Google, they go to other surfaces, to look up information about their health. And it's important that we have correct information um, it's important that they get scientific evidence-based information, and it's important that we deal with the challenges of misinformation as well. So it was really, um, for me, the, the evolution of my career and this current role has just been really looking at those factors that drive health outcomes, in particular, those kinds of factors that are outside of the traditional clinical domain.
0: Well, you, know, you are in the right place at the right time, because I think we all figured out during the pandemic that The real episode of care doesn't really begin when someone walks in the door uh, of their doctor's office, but it begins very often when they step to their computer and they start (laughs) doing a search on, on Google or they look for a video on YouTube. So how serious is the misinformation problem? We all know anecdotes, but we don't wanna act on anecdotes. How do you at YouTube uh, assess the problem, measure it, track the problem?
1: Yeah, so, you know, the uh, Surgeon General issued a report about, you know, public health misinformation um, in the last year or two, you know, other entities have really stepped up in to, to, to deal with this challenge around misinformation, you know, from uh, state medical boards, uh, board the American Board of Internal Medicine, you know, there are numerous academic institutions, um, all kinds of folks who are really trying to tackle this issue because... Tom, it is, it is a very um, important and serious public health issue. Now, when you take a step back, part of the challenge is even defining what's misinformation and really you know, understanding the implications for misinformation and that it can lead people to make potentially, um, it, uh, it, inf- you know, it can make decisions that are not in their best, um, their best interest in terms of health outcomes. But understanding that misinformation is really that information that goes against medical consensus um, and, and potentially can lead people uh, when they're making um, not information is against the evidence. That's not in their best interest. So that's I think at scale, misinformation is a very serious problem. I think that's why you're seeing public health and healthcare institutions um, around the globe, the, the World Health Organizations, and others, really step up towards uh, this particular challenge. Um, the second part of your question is, you know, you know how, how do we how do we how do we understand, track, um, educate people about this challenge and Certainly, we have our own efforts. RAND has an um, interesting point on in their website where they point people to all the different ways that we can track misinformation. And you see that from, again, a Surgeon General Report, uh, as I alluded to before, and in others, really just a plethora of different ways to try to understand the problem. Because, Tom, it is not as straightforward as one would think. It is a convoluted and challenging issue, but one that's extremely important.
0: So what can we do about it? I, I think individual physicians feel overwhelmed and they don't feel that they can do anything about it. But collectively, what can we in the healthcare profession do about it? And I guess what really is the point is what can you at YouTube and Google do about yeah. it? Can you give me yeah. an example of how you decide to remove content or or push good content out?
1: Mm. So um, uh, we remove content, particularly content that's harmful to users and patients. So um, content that may instruct people to do things or or enhance information that people get to do things that would be harmful um, to them. So that's really our bar, um, as well as um, the kinds of things that would lead to bad health outcomes. So again, looking at um, the evidence base, looking at um, medical consensus, um, looking at what we're hearing particularly from um, government and local health authorities, and then um, understanding whether that information that, that people are receiving, again, is either uh, dangerous um, or again, you know, may lead them to a bad, back, bad um, uh, health decision. So that's the bar that we use um, in terms of removal of information. But that's only a part of the challenge, though, Because again, you know, people are on a journey. They're looking for health information online. We all are, um, whether that be video content in YouTube or text content and video content on Google. Um, or even other surfaces. And so the real question is how do you get information to people that inf- answers to their question that's evidence-based and engaging? And one of the, the very poignant strategies around tackling misinformation is this issue around pre-bunking and debunking, getting information to people early uh, before as they're starting to form opinions so that they can have them make decisions that again are evidence-based and are based on science. So really the whole overall spectrum of this journey Um, is not just about, um, um, you know, again, a removal of misinformation, but also how do you provide good information? And that's where everyone comes in. And that's where the whole public health healthcare system comes in, because we all can be providers of good information, engaging information. um, And whether that be, you know, again, you know, using platforms like YouTube, but even using any other platform um, that gets people information. That's where I think we all have a role in general, in, in really working and tackling issues around health misinformation.
0: For listeners who want to put good healthcare content out there, what's your advice? I mean, I know we're no longer in the era where just taking your, your phone and making your version of the Numa Numa video uh, <laughs> is going to, um, you know, cut it. Uh, so how, how would you advise the people that you trained with uh, mm-hmm. at the Brigham and Hopkins and so on? <laughs> Uh, what would you advise them to do so that they can have impact with more than one patient at a time?
1: Yes, you know, I love your example of the Numa Numa video. Really think about the audience, think about making it engaging, thinking about how, the kinds of questions people have and how you can provide the answers to those questions in terms of evidence-based information. But again, engaging information that makes sense. So um, not just thinking about how you, you know present the P values and the kaplan Meyer curves, but more about how you make that information relatable to the person that's going to be listening to it and understanding. Again, you know, the way we may even think about talking to patients in one-on-one settings, and we want to engage them and relate to them and have them understand the information that we're giving to them. So I always say, you know, think about, um, uh, you know, what if a family member or, or someone close to you is getting that information and, um, and how you would want to present that. And it can be, it doesn't have to be high tech um, productions. Um, a lot of times just talking um, in, in, in words that, that don't use jargon and use, you know, straightforward um, common uh, language terms is particularly important. So I think, Tom, um, quite frankly, clinicians of all, of all different specialties, kinds, um, nurses, um, um, you know, respiratory therapists, you know, anybody who understands healthcare is a part of the information ecosystem and engaging and delivering that health information is, I think, Something that we can all do, certainly again, you know on, on any platform or, or in any way shape or form, to educate the community
0: well, the power of the medium that you are helping lead is uh, is tremendous, and I know that the way people are learning is is different than when I was in training and the way you were in training, uh, and the same is true for our patients. I do think of my daughter who trained in cardiology as well. But when she was learning about hyponatremia, uh, (laughs) what she did is she watched uh, four different videos on YouTube. And she (laughs) said, whatever was important was going to be in all of them. And uh, she seems to take care of hyponatremia just fine. And I know that mastering the media that you're talking about is critical for us to have impact in the future. And I also... Like the message you're giving, which is, yeah, there's going to be work to, uh, to be done to remove bad content, but we have to really flood the web with good content. And you're you're encouraging, uh, clinicians and other kinds of caregivers out there to, contribute information. and uh, And I hope we'll see a lot of it on YouTube.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Tom. And like I said before, anywhere. And any way that people feel like contributing, I think is just a part of how we create um, a health information ecosystem that's both quality, but also engaging um, to communities as well.
0: Well, thank you for your leadership. And it's uh, great to hear from you. And I'm sure we're gonna be touching base in the years ahead.
1: Thanks for having me, Tom.